Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Good morning, Edwin. Morning, Andrew. Happy Monday, Edwin. Happy Monday. It's a great week. Excited. Kids Fantastic are home. Week. Yes. Christmas break time, holiday break time. Absolutely. All Holidays right. are in the air. Absolutely. We're closing in on a new year in just two weeks. That's exactly right. But we're going to be moving on in season two on the Psalms. And today we are looking at Psalm 17. Psalm 17. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version today. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence, let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him, deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure, they are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Now, that's a lengthy reading, but you did a great job with it. Well, thank you very much. It's a fantastic psalm, and we're continuing in this very positive, uplifting, devotional, promotional psalms. Yeah, promoting devoting. (laughs) Psalm 16 was very uplifting. I think Psalm 17, we're going to find the exact same thing in this psalm, which again, I just want to start the week off saying the same thing we did last week. It's just a reminder that, yeah, there, there are times and in the lives of saints and disciples that can be discouraging and distressing and disturbing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. even depressing. And of course, we can turn to the Lord in that. And we see that from the Psalms and we know how to take that to the Lord because of the Psalms. But that's not life all the time. Here, even in this difficulty and the psalmist is crying out for preservation, but this is strong faith. And this is just a wonderful connection to God in Psalm 17. So the heading of the Psalm is a prayer of David. And I think that's great because when I look at a psalm, I typically think of it as a song, right? Some type of sung, perhaps even in a liturgical function. But this one is called a prayer. One of the first things that I realize is that there is such a symmetry, such a close relationship between our prayer, between our praise. I think in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, I will pray with the Spirit, I will pray with the understanding, I will sing with the Spirit, I will sing with the understanding. And so when we are communicating verbally to God, whether we have a chant and a tune with it, uh, whether we are speaking, you know, verbally, audibly, perhaps even like a Nehemiah, you wonder if it was even audible, maybe it was in a heart prayer. 
But these devotions, requests, praises directed to God come from our heart, communicated in our spirit, and we know God, who is spirit, hears them. But it's interesting, here is a psalm called a prayer. There are only five psalms in the whole psalmody that have prayer in the title like this. Okay. okay. I, I didn't I didn't write down which all of them were. Uh, I know Psalm 90 is called a prayer of Moses. Psalm 102 is called a prayer of one who is afflicted. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. think the other three are actually called prayers of David, but okay. right now I can't okay. remember which ones those are. But yeah, that only actually happens five times. This is the first one where prayer is actually in the title. Obviously, prayers in the Psalms all over the place. Sure. But like I, I think you highlighted last week, it was a miktam. Last week was a mictum of David. A mictum. And yes. a great mictum. Yes. This one is a tefillah, a okay. prayer. A prayer yeah. and a prayer of David. But we know what tefillah means. So they instead of just giving us the Hebrew word. <laughs> they, they'll they say, translate that one prayer. for us. Yeah, that's exactly right. Instead anyway. of saying mictum and good luck. So yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about prayer because really that's the powerful thing in this psalm. Well, and, and prayer is all over this psalm, isn't it? It is all over it. In fact, this psalm is very easy to... Uh, outline. Okay. If you if you take a look at it, you've basically got, not if you're driving. No, don't don't outline <laughs> it while you're driving. But but just listen. Yeah. What you have is verses one and two, prayer. Mm-hmm. Verses three and five, a dec- excuse me, three through five, a declaration of personal integrity. Verses six through nine, prayer. Verses ten through twelve, a declaration of the enemy's sins. Verses thirteen through fourteen, guess what? Prayer. <laughs> And so when you're and, talking about prayer, and then verses 14 through 15, a declaration of faith. That's great. And so you're identifying prayer, not because necessarily it's used. Uh, not because know, the word the verse, is used. But you see that here is um, communication directed to God, actual written down praying to God. Yeah. Interspersed with these um, other declarations of righteousness and faith and, and all of that. Absolutely. So verses okay. one and two, hear a just cause, Lord, attend to my cry, give ear to my prayer. So these are straight up requests. Okay. Then verses three through five is a declaration. I'm innocent. Uh, and, and in the context of David, he's, probably talking about the idea of being innocent of whatever accusation is being made against him, innocent of whatever reason, whoever's hunting him, possibly Saul. At that time. At that time, yeah. Uh, Then in verse 6, you get back to, I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God, incline your ear to me, hear my words. He's back to a straight up direct prayer, making requests to God. Um, We've got that all the way through verse 9. And then verses 10 through 12, he starts talking about the enemies that he's wanting protection from. Okay. Then in verses 13, 13 through 14, it's back to the prayer. And it's actually our favorite one from this, that first episode of Psalms in Psalms 1 through 12. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him, deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. Three prayers. And the, the thing that I really want us to get out of this just as we start this week is just the importance of prayer, which which is obvious as we're going through the Psalms. Yeah. But, but here is a Psalm that like takes that to the nth degree. It's it's prayer after prayer after prayer. It's prayer in every situation. It's prayer in every circumstance. It's prayer no matter what I'm thinking about, no matter what other aspect I'm wanting to talk about or dwell on or focus on or meditate about. Prayer is is at the beginning of it, at the end of it. It's what sustains it all the way through. And it basically reminds me of Paul's encouragement to us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Okay. That we are supposed to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and mm-hmm. give thanks in every circumstance. Because this is God's will for us through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like us to just—I'd like to talk about that, this idea of, of prayer being so— 
intense, prayer being so much a part of our lives, not just, okay, here's what you do when you pray, but the fact that we are to pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when the apostles went to Jesus, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I, I think there's been plenty of times in my mind that that's what I want. I want the lesson on how to pray. So, Lord, if I decide to pray, mm-hmm. how should I do that? Mm-hmm. What they actually did was, Lord, teach us to pray, Yeah, which is slightly different. They had a confidence in prayer. They knew it would be effective. I think you see that by looking at prayers throughout the Old Testament, okay? Right here, there's great encouragement to prayer about a variety of issues in this 17th Psalm. Uh, But at different points in the Scripture and in the New Testament, Christians are going to be encouraged, you ought to pray. God hears prayers. God answers prayers. That right there is an incredible thing. You know, in in, uh, the book of James, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The point is made in James chapter 5. Look at Elijah, uh, not because he was a prophet unlike you, because he was a man like you, uh, you know, a human being and a person. And the import was not on the quality, or the point was not on the quality of Elijah, but on the power of prayer and the God who answers prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with, with that kind of background, we have every assurance and motivation to pray without ceasing. I think about here in this psalm, it's I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I, I got something else on my heart, but now I'm going to pray again. I've got something else on my heart. I'm going to pray again. This intense, um, purposeful, consistent, continual. In fact, honestly, it reminds me of Jesus in the garden who okay. goes to the Lord and prays. Three times, right? Three times. He goes to the Lord. He prays. He comes back to his apostles. He deals with them, but things are so intense. What does he get back to? He gets back to praying. He comes to the apostles, has to deal with them some more, but things are so intense. He goes back to prayer. And one of the questions I'm having to constantly ask myself when I review examine my own prayer habits, I have to ask myself, are there things going on in my life, in the world, that are so important to me? And the recognition that really I can't do anything about them, my only hope is God, are there those kinds of things that are so intense in my life that I realize it takes this kind of praying? Mm. It takes this kind of purposeful, intent, importuning is the Mm -hmm. word that Mm -hmm. we often say. Are there those places in my life where I want to be that friend who's knocking on the door, asking for bread from, from Uh, the one who can help me that is asleep? You You know, are there times in my life where I am? You're drawing from some of those parables in Luke, aren't (laughs) you? The Lord was teaching us about prayer in Luke Luke chapter 11. And then in Luke 18, 18, in Luke 18, you know, where are those times that, I need to be the widow who is going to the judge, recognizing, of course, that my judge is not evil and wicked, but my judge is holy and he wants to provide blessings for me. And so I importune and I am persistent and I am consistent. Isn't it something to even look at those stories and what's emphasized is a dependence. Someone is utterly dependent upon God, just like the you know widow woman and her accuser going to the judge. Um, for us to even put ourselves in that place, we have to begin to admit our own utter dependence upon God. Utter dependence. Which is humbling. Yeah. And then uh, couple that dependence with a perseverance that God may not bring about our victory or our request 
in any timetable that we're looking for. Uh, he does it on his timetable, time which is why I need to keep persisting. Thus, pray without ceasing. Pray without Persist ceasing. Within. All right, so I got to share with you a verse that I, I mean, I know it's been in the Bible since, you know, it was written, but I really found it this morning. And I'm talking about the morning we're recording. I, you know, this is right. several this weeks is gonna before. It's going to be old news by the time we hear it. Old news by then. I've shared <laughs> You'll it. You'll be like, oh, I've been, as I've often said. <laughs> as I've been sharing for the last month. Um here it is. This is Isaiah chapter 62 and verse, I'm going to start in verse 6, but really, we don't have time to read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read these couple of verses. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Give him no rest. I guess that's a capital H I M. Well, the ESV doesn't do that, but I think it oh, should they, be. They I think to. it should be. <laughs> I think it should be. Yeah, so, that's one so of, that's one of the saying, one things I don't like about the ESV. So, so it's actually saying don't allow God to rest, be yeah. that persistent yeah. in prayer. Yes. Wow. That is what it is saying. I don't know how I've missed this for years. Uh, you know, I, I can't say about Isaiah the things I can say about Acts. I haven't read Isaiah, you know, 500 times. But, yeah, okay. you know, the, the couple of times I've gone through Isaiah, I, I've just missed this. It was, really, somebody really else something. pointed it out to me this morning. Give him no rest. And that's what we see in Psalm 17. It's that kind of persistent, I'm praying about this. I'm giving you no rest, God, until you do what you said you were going to do, until you fulfill your covenant. And basically it's the idea, look, I'm going to give him no rest. If it takes a hundred years, if it takes him a hundred years to finally fulfill the promise, what I'm going to be doing is, is praying Praying. and bringing it to God. And of course, the reality is, is that I have to rest. And so the only way this passage works is if more than just us two are doing this, Mm. because when, when we have so many Christians, when we have so many Christians, the world over praying as much as they can. Well, God gets no rest, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's okay because God needs no rest. What a powerful thing we've got here in Psalm 17, and I'm super excited about it. I'm excited about the other things we're going to talk about this week. I'd love to know what you're learning from Psalm 17 or from whatever passage you've been reading and studying. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Andrew, why don't you wrap us up with a prayer that gives God no rest? Oh, our great God and Father. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to our cry, give ear to our prayer, one made from purity, Father, not deceitful lips. Father, may our vindication come from your presence. Father, may your eyes look upon the things that are upright, and may you find us to be your upright servants this day. We want to serve you, Father, and we pray that you bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.